Welcome to Career Revisionist with Dr. Grace Lee, dedicated to doers, dreamers, and realists who want more success and satisfaction in their life. This podcast is about answering one question. How can you build a fulfilling career where it's all about doing work you love and growing your income without sacrificing your values? And here's your host. She was in the marching band, Dr. Grace Lee. Hi, and welcome to Career Revisionist Podcast. This is the very first episode, and my name is Grace, and I'm host and owner of Career Revisionist. Glad to have you here. And I just have been thinking about for a long time to create this podcast. A lot of people were telling me that I need to get my message out there. And if for those of you who know me, I also have a, a YouTube channel that's called Grace Lee PhD. And in my YouTube channel, I talk about career. I talk about building your income, building your career, and also leaving a legacy. And so I wanted to create a podcast as well because I know that a lot of listeners like to be on the go. A lot of the people that that uh, like my content or like what I what I have to say and and some of the educational pieces that I put out there. I mean, they're on the go a lot. I mean, if that's you, you 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 commute to work or you're picking up family members or you're on the go a lot or, or traveling a lot, then a podcast is easier for you to listen to. You can just set that playlist and just and just let it go. So, the reason what inspired me to create career revisionist because often I ask the question of what's the reason that we work. Like why? What's the reason you're working? And and I I really believe that if if you're thinking it's for money, then you've really lost sight of your vision and your dream because it's much deeper than that. And really, I mean, if you think about the the title of my podcast, the title of my 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 YouTube channel, career revisionist. Like, what does that mean? Like, what does career revision mean? The whole concept behind that is really different for everyone. And I mean, for some people, for some of you, I mean, you're in a job you don't like, you're in a job you hate, and you're trying to get out of that into something that lights you up inside. And for some other people, maybe some of you, I mean, you've been working at a company for a number of years. I've had people come to me and they tell me that I've had a good career. I can't say, I can't say I've hated it, but I also can't say I loved it. It paid decent, you know, I got benefits and I've been working there for a number of years and they've had achievements, you know, they were recognized for their achievements. Maybe they've had some promotions or some salary raises as well. But the whole time, maybe you're feeling like despite all that, something's still missing. You know, it's it's missing that excitement or the meaningfulness of what you're doing and you're not sure why or exactly what that is. And for some of you, it's it's that next step in your career, that next step that helps you get that bigger impact or that greater meaning. And that's what career revision, that concept behind career revision, and that's what it means for you. But really, it's very different for everybody. And so I created this podcast and I created my YouTube channel to get the message out there that your career is the greatest form of expression of who you are. And a career is just not something that you just fall into or something that the lucky few, only the lucky few have. I mean, if you think about people that you know, some some people you might know of, they love what they do. They're excited every week. They're, they're excited every morning. And it seems like they have everything. They have the gifts and talents. They have resources and they just seem to have it all. They're happy in their career. They get paid doing what they love. And it's easy to think that 
like we have a tendency to think that those people are the lucky few. But it's not passive like that. And it's definitely not luck. You know, so my message, my central message for a career revisionist is that a career isn't something you fall into. It's not something that you can find out there, search and find or hunt and find or apply for. A career is something that is built, much like a business is built. I mean, it's created to, it's created from having a connection, a deep connection to your true purpose. And that can only happen once you have clarity of your purpose and clarity of your vision. So if you believe that you work for money and that's it, then you've lost sight of that vision and that dream. And what's different about a career that you fall into and a career that you build is that in the latter, in the career that you build, you get to be the architect of your own destiny. And you are living your life on purpose and in purpose, knowing that your career is the greatest form of your expression of who you are and the impact you want to make in the world. So now, this isn't a business podcast. This isn't about, this isn't a, a, a podcast for entrepreneurs. But you are a CEO. You are CEO and founder of You Incorporated. Your business and your product is you. So you don't go out searching and find a career. You create one. And the distance between your, where you are now and having that success, that influence, and the fulfillment that you want, that you're really craving and looking for, the difference, the gap is business acumen. And that's the secret. So I'm going to be sharing in this podcast every day. There's going to be new ideas. There's going to be new concepts. It's going to be educational. It's going to be motivational. It's going to be inspirational. And I want this to be a real experience for you. An experience where you can be empowered to know that you can do this. That belief is the most important part of this. Because you need to show up with the mindset that you can build the career and the life that you want, right? And that it's not something you fell into and that you're stuck here. And that all of this all starts with a choice. And you might be thinking, okay, so you've talked about careers. What about being a career revisionist? What exactly is a career revisionist? You might be wondering that. A career revisionist is a mentality that you choose to step into. It's your covenant and your commitment to yourself. Becoming a career revisionist means that you've put aside all of your doubts. You've put aside all of your fears and all of your excuses and every reason that you can think of about why you can't do it, why you can't build a career, why you can't make the money you want. All of that, you put it aside. Right? A career revisionist is in control of his or her destiny. He's, he's, he or she is in control of his or her situation, health, and life. A career revisionist raises their standards. They take action. They get it done. They don't compromise. It's not something that they're interested in doing. It's something that they must do. And that's the definition of raising your standards is when you change the language from I should do this or I, I think I should do this or or you know, I, I, I need to do this. They changed it from that to I must do it. Because when the conversation is must, then there's no compromise. You will do everything you can to get there. And you're also more willing to accept the hard work that is inevitable. So a career revisionist has made a simple decision that the time is now to make a change in his or her career. Revisionists value their integrity 
and they simply strive to be the best version of themselves. And here's the thing. The good news is that everyone has a career revisionist inside of them, and it's time to step into your true identity. So tune into my podcast now I'm and and of course leave any questions for me come and visit my YouTube channel as well leave your comments there if there's any questions that you have if there are any if there are any topics that you would like me to cover you know reach out I would love to hear from you I would love to address your your questions or your doubts or or help you out with what you're going through in your journey right now and I'd love to address in the next in that next podcast or in that next video so let me tell you a little bit about me and basically how I came across, how, how, I got, how I got started. So some of you may know that I'm also a career coach, that I have a PhD in neuroscience and for more than 10 years, I've been an expert in the human brain and human behavior. And I'm also a specialist in career revision. So people who are, if you're just starting out, and I mean, it doesn't matter if you're just starting out and figuring out how to decide on your career, or if you are, um, or if you're, or if you're midway in your career and wanting to change directions, or if you are executive level and you just want that next step and that more greater impact, it doesn't matter. I, you know, I, I create content for you. I, yeah, this is where this is where my passion is talking about careers. So let me tell you about about myself. I have been working in the career space since my PhD. And when I got started career coaching, I was doing it in a classroom setting. And this was during my PhD. And as some of you know, some of you listeners may know that being in that academic space is a little bit isolating from the rest of the world when you're outside of those what they call the the proverbial ivory towers but when you're in academia and you're 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 an academic and you're a student or you're a professional student in my case there's not a whole lot of support in terms of understanding what's important to you or guidance in terms of figuring out your next career path instead it's kind of expected that if you've committed that many years in in university and college and you've gone the full nine yards to your PhD, it's kind of expected that you are going to be in a faculty position. And that's what you desired to embark on that journey in the first place. So they, and this creates a dichotomy because a lot of PhD students, when they're going through their programs, there's this unspoken, unwritten social norm that if you don't end up staying in academia and you don't you're not competitive for tenure track position to become a professor or a faculty position of sorts then it kind of feels like a letdown to yourself or a letdown to your peers or a letdown to your supervisor and so a lot of people end up cycling within academia and they finish their postdocs because the college puts a cap on how many years that you can stay in that degree program. And when you're finished, a lot of folks that I, I, I talk to, and, and this is like a nationwide, a nationwide thing, 
they end up doing a postdoctoral fellowship, which is this unknown space in between being a PhD student and being gainfully employed, right? It's like an orphaned space in in college because you're not recognized as a full-fledged employee, but you're also not a student. So there is this gray zone, right? And so a lot of students, they go and they do cycles of postdoctoral fellowships. They finish one fellowship or they drag out their fellowship. And when their contract ends, they renew it. Or when their contract ends, they look for another fellowship. If and, and they're just like waiting for these faculty positions to open up. And some postdocs that I've talked to, some fellows, postdoctoral fellows I've talked to are doing multiple fellowships, waiting for faculty positions to open up or waiting to be more competitive to in in their in their industry or in their field in that department in the college that they're that they're desiring to 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 be employed in and this creates a problem because as time progresses more and more phd students are being accepted and graduating with degrees then there are faculty positions available for them so there's a term in academia called alternative careers. And this came about because of the social norm that if you're a PhD, then it's expected that you wanted to stay in academia and, and have a faculty position. So that's why they, it's kind of sort of like a, that's the default. It's, the assumption is that's the default, that career path is your default and anything else is an alternative. And I felt for many years, I've, I've and I still believe this, that, that language kind of puts a lot of pressure on students and on postdoctoral fellows as well. And it really creates an environment that doesn't always align with every graduating student that comes out of academia. So I was very sensitive to this. And during my postdoc, I spoke out about this a lot in terms of the landscape of graduate students and the landscape of students in general in college that aren't um, aren't given that education and that encouragement on how to carve career paths. And the thing is, you're not taught in school how to create a career path. As a child, you're not taught on how to think about what's important to you and how to how to make career paths. And and chances are, you go through college and you graduate and you be, and you be, and you spend most of your lives becoming a pro student, and you don't get better at making career paths when you're an adult, right? So there's a lot of things about, quote unquote, the real world that are missing in academic education, right? Career path making is one of them. Decision making in general is another one. And that's a very important skill. And other examples are financial literacy and business acumen. I mean, of course, you can go ahead and get an MBA or take courses in economics or commerce or things like that. But you know, but I can't emphasize how important business acumen is, even if you're not, if you, even if you're not thinking about becoming an entrepreneur, if you don't own a business and you're not thinking about opening a business, this business acumen skills are transferable to a lot of things. And this is something that is, that I'm going to talk about a lot in this podcast and that I also address in my YouTube channel as well. So, that's how it all started was when I was in college, I myself started to notice that I wasn't equipped to decide on my career. How do I figure this out? And 
there wasn't a lot of support, though I sought that support on what are jobs, what are careers that are available to me when I once I finished my PhD and I'm now Dr. Lee. What are what are these what are options available to me? And how do I figure out a career that actually suits me? In other words, I I enjoy what I do and I get paid commensurate to the value I bring. Right? So then that for me, being paid my worth would be be would mean to me that I was being respected. Right. And I had no idea how to do that. So long story short, what happened was I joined a business community in my city. And at that time, when I, I did my PhD at, in British Columbia in Canada, University of British Columbia in Canada, and in Vancouver, there was a business community with the, with the Board of Trade. And I, I joined that community. And while I was there, it was like a full immersion into this whole new culture that I wasn't even aware existed. And it was, there were seasoned business owners, startup entrepreneurs, um, business students in the real world, not in college. And I just immersed myself in that culture. I, and I was so hungry. I was so thirsty to learn business you know, as a skill, as a personal growth opportunity. And in that, in that organization, I started ascending, you know, started meeting a lot of people and I became a member of the executive board. And then later on in, in the years, subsequent years, they voted me to chair, to be the chair of communications. And that really gave me exposure on what skills that I was lacking. And that's how I really learned it was in that, in that role. And so while I was doing that, of course, in parallel to that at the same time, I was a student at, at, at university. And so I started to see that people who were building these careers, creating these futures and, and who were in control of their own destinies, they were the people who were loved what they do, fulfilled, and they had their own business. And as I started to talk to them, I started to realize that a lot of them, a majority of them never went to college. Or if they did, they went for their first degree in college and it was in a subject area that was completely unrelated to their current business. And it was a really big aha moment for me because at that time I realized that, okay, college can be important depending on your values and what you plan to be doing. But the big question is, it's a catch-22. How do you know if you're 22, 23 years old, how do you know what you're going to want to do? And then how do you retroactively choose what to study, right? So that's, that's the big question. So I started to explore that very question. And that's how I started to also realize the things, the really important subject areas, um, life skills that were missing in the education system. And I started connecting with people in the city, in that, in in the board of trade, and in, in in the business community that had those skills, so I could learn from them. And then um, shortly after that, I was just like, I can't keep this to myself. I have to, I have to. I want to change the landscape. I got it. First of all, I want to change the language in university. This isn't about alternative careers. You're not a failure if you don't stay in academia, just because you did a PhD. I mean, doesn't mean you're a failure if you if you leave the university. So I wanted to change that language because I didn't feel that 
any students who went through those years of college, it shouldn't be frowned upon to explore careers outside of academia. It shouldn't be labeled as non-default. There shouldn't be implications like that. So I started to make these movements on my campus at first to change the conversation and to empower and encourage students to take positions of leadership outside of what they were studying and show them the importance of diversification, diversifying their skills, because a lot of times, because of the what the, the currency for success that the university imposes upon its students, especially in graduate school, that currency is related to publications. You know, you've, Some of you have heard that saying, it's either you publish or you perish. And what that means is that they count how many publications you have. And of the publications you do have in, in the academic literature in, for your area of special, uh, specialty, they, they look at what journals are you publishing in and what impact do those journals have in that department or in that subject area, right? And so that's basically really the currency of success. And that currency doesn't always match with everyone's values, right? And, and so my message in the beginning of, my, of my career coaching, my message at that time was to, was to define your own success, right? And not to let any organization or not let anybody to define success for you. And that's, and, and of course, that takes certain strategies and certain periods of self-growth if you're staying in academia to be able to do that. But if you are leaving, it's important that you have that empowerment first. So, I was really passionate about, okay, get the message out there, define your own success. And then I was really passionate about sharing the skills that I had gained outside of academia. So I, for example, I brought in academic, I, I sorry, I brought in financial advisors to teach financial literacy. And I made workshops, you know, series workshops to teach financial literacy to graduate students. I brought in a lawyer to talk about estate planning, you know, wills planning and family law. I brought in people from the outside to talk about building a business and having building careers in industry and how to carve a career path doing something that was completely unrelated to your degrees. Right? And show them that it's okay to do that, first and foremost. But in order to know which direction you want to go, you have to have a certain level of self-awareness. So that was my foray into career coaching. And really, it came from realizing in my own journey that I was so unequipped to decide on my career path. And I mean, the reason why I chose to do a PhD in the first place was because I had done a master's degree in the UK. And after my master's degree, I had this linear thinking at the time. You know, I was very much linear thinking. I was like, okay, I've, when you do a PhD, what comes next? Oh, sorry, when you do a master's degree, what comes next is a PhD. So without thinking, I just kept going, kept going. And in a way, that also delays my, it also delay, helps me to procrastinate my decision to choose my career path. If I go to more schooling, a PhD takes at least three, four, five years. So that allowed me to procrastinate my decision. 
I didn't know exactly what I, I didn't know at all what I was going to do after graduation. And at that time, I didn't know whether or not I wanted to stay as a science researcher or something else or a professor. I had no idea. And as the, my PhD went, went on, my PhD was five years, but as my PhD went on, I didn't have any more clarity than I did in the beginning. And it was scary. It was definitely scary because everywhere I turned, I felt quite ashamed that I couldn't share my fears knowing that the currency for success that I'd be measured on is my ability to publish and to publish a certain number by the time my degree is over. You know, and I found myself being less and less passionate about that. And for someone like me who is very driven, you know, I, who is very success oriented, very results driven, you know, I didn't want to be seen as someone who didn't complete what I had started or someone who wasn't successful. I mean, I'm, I'm the girl who got straight A's in high school, right? So it was something that was, I, I couldn't live with, you know, being discovered. And so I suffered from imposter syndrome you know, on top of being confused about my career path and not knowing which way to go, I also suffered from imposter syndrome that I would get discovered one day from someone who was super intelligent, much smarter than me. They would discover me and they would realize that I don't belong here. No. So really, my journey through my PhD was one of self-discovery, yes, but it was also one of me stepping into my role as a career coach. No, and I realized that one thing I love doing is teaching, you know, public speaking and coaching. And for me, those are three very different things. When you're coaching, it's not teaching. When you're teaching, you're not coaching, right? So or you can be coaching when you're teaching, but for me, they're very, very different purposes, right? So it was a discovery that I was, those, I really felt, like I was connected to my purpose when I was doing that. When I, when, I, when I was enabling someone else, when I was changing a life, changing a perspective, instilling belief in someone so that they could take reins, take the reins of their own life. You know, it was very, it was very motivating for me. After my PhD, I still went on to do a postdoctoral fellow. I did, uh, but only for two years. And it was basically an experiment that I knew during my PhD that towards the, like, towards the end of my PhD, I knew for sure that I didn't want to stay in you know, research and I didn't want to be publishing in the scientific literature or things like that. I wanted to have to be closer to the people I wanted to serve. And since my focus was in neuroscience, I, the people I wanted to serve were the patients themselves, the patients with brain disease with brain trauma, those types of afflictions. So when I chose my postdoctoral fellowship, I chose it intentionally to have much more clinical applications. And it served me well. It was the, my first career reinvention, right? It was in a completely different subject, you know, and that was how my business acumen really served me was when 
I was transitioning from a PhD in neuroscience in research-based neuroscience and then transitioning to clinical neuroscience, the clinical neuroscience in a sense that was focused on healthcare ethics. That was a completely new direction that I had no background in, no education in, no experience. And I was, I mean, I, I, I definitely chalk it down to the fact that I was able to sell myself well from having business acumen and I was able to communicate well, you know, and to express myself well, you know, and to do the research I needed to do and to be able to understand what was needed of me in a very short period of time. So I, I, I got the, yeah, I got the position in my fellowship in a completely separate direction. And that was when things started growing in my, in my career coaching. And I, and I realized that I wanted to show other people how to do that too, how you can build a career. But in order for me to be able to show people how to do it, I have to do what I teach, right? Because a good coach coaches on truths, facts, and things that work, right? So my commitment was to do what I teach and to teach what I do, right? So then after my postdoctoral fellowship, I did it one more time. From that, I transitioned into the corporate world. And it was in a completely different realm than I had studied at all in my PhD and in my postdoctoral fellow as well. And so my journey was really nonlinear. It was very nonlinear, a lot of unexpected things, but I really took a, I took a lot of risks. And I'm happy to share that with you here in this podcast and I'm happy to share that with you in my videos my YouTube channel as well so stay tuned I'm really I'm super excited for what's to come for each one of my episodes and I will be sharing a lot of the secrets that I that I teach my clients that I show my clients and how I've shown them and helped them to find their fulfilling career and build their fulfilling career as well so I'm super excited Stay tuned and I look forward to hanging out with you in my next podcast. <laughs>